was passing through. That's something to note. He was just passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. What was his job? Chief tax collector. And he was poor? No, he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short and could not see, he was coming that way. What kind of effort did he make to see Jesus? Okay, you understand he's not a kid. <clears throat> Think about this. Picture your dad. When was the last time you saw your dad climb a tree? Have any of you ever seen your dad climb a tree? I have seen my dad climb a tree. It's been a couple decades since I've seen him climb a tree, okay? <laughs> In this culture specifically, grown men were not known for climbing trees. An established professional didn't climb a tree. That's a disgrace. That's out of order. You don't do that. Zacchaeus did it. He's looking for something. He's hungry. And Jesus notices that. Verses 5 through 10 of Luke 19. Um, how does Zacchaeus respond? Um, what else do you notice? Notice this. When we read verses 7 and 8, there's a gap. If you, look for, if you look for it, you'll probably notice it. And then finally look for this. What is Jesus' reason for going to Zacchaeus' house? Why does he go to his house? Okay. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus in the tree, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. That's how he responded. Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly. Unlike my response to my buddy that showed up on his bike that night. Yeah. All the people that were gathered around saw this and they began to mutter. Listen closely on this. They began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. This Jesus has done this. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, Notice the gap. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus goes to his house. We don't know what's happening between 7 and 8, but then we see Zacchaeus doing this. Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. A greedy man becomes a generous man suddenly. He's a tax collector. We'll get more on that in a minute, but he becomes generous in, in one encounter with Jesus. said to him, to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham, a man made in the image of God. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Oh man, that's so good. Okay, we're not going to move past this too quickly. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. Um, in our culture, we can miss that. Um, too quickly. Um, this is actually, we got to notice this, this is actually unthinkable etiquette in this culture for a man to invite himself into another man's house. Um, <clears throat> he can't just go into his domain. Um, regardless of stature, you cannot impose yourself in this culture like he did. This is not uh, just a little bit like peculiar or strange. What he did was actually shocking. To all those observing they, their jaws are dropping. They are shocked. Um, second, we have to notice this. Zacchaeus is despised by the people. And Jesus is picking to hang out with him, not them. He's a traitor to them. He's called a sinner by his townspeople. Um, do you guys, um, just for, to try and land this in a small way and ha have us feel a little bit of hatred towards Zacchaeus. Um, do you guys have... Uh, student parking ticket riders at CSU. <coughs> okay. 
Uh, I, I mean, think about this. They're traitors. Uh, hopefully none of you have done that job. <laughs> but this is my thought process. It's like they need money. So do all of us. So they, they go get a job writing their fellow students' tickets. I always wished that I could catch them in the act of putting one on my car. It's, it's a long story. I shouldn't chase it. But me and Jake Leffler both broke $1,000. He broke $1,000. I, I went right up to $1,000 in, in tickets from those guys. Related to us parking our sound trailer and getting equipment out, and we were supposed to have permission for this, they didn't get the memo, and they wrote us ticket after ticket after ticket. Uh, Jake had nearly $5,000. <laughs> so I would see them, and I would be like, you scumbags. Just, and I would, I would be like, ah, traitors. And so, but in, in a much higher way, the Jewish people felt that towards Zacchaeus. Total traitor. Um, as a chief tax collector for Rome, you realize he's wealthy at the expense of his own people. Um, in their eyes, he's partnered with the enemy, Rome, that's Rome, and gathered more money than was due. He didn't just gather the taxes. He gathered mo more money than was due through extortion to become wealthy for himself and his family. And this is the man that Jesus chooses to spend his afternoon with. He's a sinner. Um, this is no joke. They put a, 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 a tax collector in the same category as a murderer and a thief. The Jewish law at the Talmud put them in the same category. And so also we have to realize this. This is a man that in their eyes, he's irretrievable. There's no redemption for him. He's a scoundrel. They all recognize um, their need for a savior. They're waiting for a Messiah. But this guy is a lost cause. Um, I remember um, praying for an uncle of mine. He was an alcoholic. He didn't treat his wife well. Wasn't a good story. Um, I prayed for him quite a bit, and then what happens when you pray for somebody is you develop a heart for him, right? And sometimes you begin to have hope for them. And so I began to have hope for this particular uncle, and in a family setting one time, I shared it with another uncle, and he didn't have the same heart. He was praying for him. He's not a believer. He actually cut me off, and he said, no, Jace, he's a loser. A member of our own family, but he said he's a loser. He always has been, and he's never going to change. He saw him as a lost cause. Um, Jesus comes along. He sees Zacchaeus. He doesn't see him as irretrievable. He's not a lost cause. He's actually going after him. Why? I think, I know this. He understands something that the witnesses did not. He understands something that we so often forget as well. What did he understand about Zacchaeus? Matthew twenty two twenty one gives us a clue as to what Jesus knew about Zacchaeus. What he knows about each one of us. Here it is. Matthew twenty two twenty one. When asked, is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Jesus responded, show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? And they're like, what are you talking about, right? They're like, Caesar's, they replied. It's like, Caesar's, of course. And Jesus turns it on him, and he says, well, give back to Caesar. What is, you get that? This, the coin has Caesar's image on it, so give it back to him. You are made in the very image of God. Give yourself back to God, to the rightful owner. 
Jesus knows this, that Zacchaeus is made in the image of God. He knows this about him. He's a three-part being with a spirit, a soul, and a body of which the spirit is to be supreme. I'll break that down a little bit. He has a spirit which is God-conscious, a soul which is self-conscious, and a body which is world-conscious. At this point, for Zacchaeus, the body is supreme. He's driven, not by the spiritual, but by the material. And so he's got it upside down. And you could say it this way, he's out of order. Jesus knows Zacchaeus is primarily a spiritual being having a temporal, temporary physical experience. Did you catch that? Jesus knows Zacchaeus is primarily a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience on earth rather than a primarily a physical being having a temporary spiritual experience. Thank you. It's the same of us. Bottom line, being made in the image of God means this for Zacchaeus. He is not irretrievable. He is redeemable. He is not lost without hope. But he is. He is lost, and Jesus knows he's lost. He says it so clearly. In verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to do what? To seek and to save the lost. This simply, uh, this does not mean simply mislaid, like casually like you set your phone down, lost your wallet kind of thing, right? But Zacchaeus is lost from the original in intent and very purpose from that. Um, listen to this. This is a truth you know. God wants to bless us that we might bless others. What God does in you, he wants to do through you. God wants to bless you that you might pass it on, that you might bless other people. What is Zacchaeus doing? The opposite, he robs others to bless himself. He robs others to bless himself. This is crazy. You know what Zacchaeus' name means? Has anybody actually heard what his name means? Pure. He's a corrupt tax collector. His name actually means pure, and he's become entirely corrupt. <clears throat> and his, and his actually, he's seen as a symbol, as an icon of corruption in his society. When he was named, his parents gave him the name Pure. Um, if you think about Zacchaeus' lostness, we ask this question, who is suffering because he's lost? Who is suffering because of Zacchaeus' lostness? Um, as a parent, <clears throat> I've lost my kids for a couple of minutes, no more than that, thankfully. <clears throat> um, any of you guys that are parents in here, have you lost any of your kids? Like, like 30 seconds, maybe? Nay? Yeah. <laughs> You've lost. I mean, you have feelings that you didn't know you could have in your physical being. I mean, it's a panic that is not, it's, it's just beyond. Like everything, you just like inside out, you're just, it's, you're dying. You're like, ah. I mean, two minutes is eternity. Especially when it's like by, a, you know, a highway or something like that. Your wife's looking at you. You're both just, a pan I mean, complete panic. So my good friends, Eli and Mary Gotro, once lost their daughter, Corey, for an entire hour. <coughs> okay, and this was at a campus ministry event. It was on a university campus. Um, you know, they, the first thing's like, hey, where's, where's Corey? I, I haven't seen him. And they start, you know, just the preliminary looking around a little bit. And then they realize nobody has a clue and nobody's seen her recently. It's time to call the police. Okay, so they pull in the police, campus police, city police. And when you're looking, when a kid's lost for an hour, it's complete, total panic. Oh, man, complete agony for them. No doubt they lost years on their life in this one moment. Um, 
Finally, she's found on campus with another parent in, in a dorm room with them and their kids playing games, and I believe it was putting together Legos. And Eli and Mary are just like, oh. What was Corey like, though, when they found her? Corey Godshow. She was so relieved to see her parents. No. She didn't even know she was lost. She didn't even know they were looking for her. She didn't care. She didn't know she was missing. She's playing, putting together Legos. She's having a good time. So it's, it's not Zacchaeus that's suffering. It's the heart of God that's lost a son that is suffering. God suffers when his children are lost, and he will not rest until he has them back. For some reason, this always makes me think of the movie Taken. But, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, uh, Liam Neeson did not learn from Jesus. <coughs> Liam Neeson learned from Jesus, you know. Um, it's like, what does he say on the phone? I have a special set of skills designed for people like you, something like that, right? And uh, I will find you. But Jesus says that in a, in a stronger way for his children. I will find you. <laughs> and, and he even says that to our enemy. And, and he kills our enemy. And, and he's, he's coming after us. Jesus goes out of his way to seek and to save the lost. Uh, I, I made a slight note of this. He did all of this. At the start of this passage, it says, while he was passing through Jericho. It's like he's on his way to do something else. And then he takes a diversion, and he's always ready and willing to take a diversion to seek and to save the lost, and that's us. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's just passing through Jericho, but he sees a man hungry in heart like Zacchaeus, and he stops everything. Um, I said, hey, let's notice the gap between verses 7 and 8. Um, it appears that while the crowd waited outside, Jesus stepped inside Zacchaeus' home and had a private, that's when all the people saw this and like he just stepped into the house with that scoundrel and they mutter he has gone to be the guest of a sinner they're, what they're saying is like how dare him how dare him but then suddenly in verse 8 Zacchaeus does this look Lord here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything I will pay back four times the amount man that is radical some of us are too familiar with this story but this is crazy what transpires in one moment, Zacchaeus is a robber, and the next, he's a returner of fourfold. Where do you want to have your money? In the stock market? Real estate? No, you want to get robbed by Zacchaeus. I'm, seriously, he goes from being a robber that returns fourfold. Everybody ended up way better off because they got robbed by Zacchaeus. But they ended up way better off because Jesus sought and found Zacchaeus, ultimately. And he goes from being corrupt to pure, from greedy to generous, in one moment. <clears throat> what happened? What happened? The answer is in verse 9. We already said it. Um, to this house. Jesus comes to seek and to save the lost. And he will do the unthinkable. He may shock you. He may disturb you. He may impose himself. But he will do it all that he might have a son back. And that we might become everything he has made us to be. I love it to be put this way. The trouble with Jesus is that he acts like he's God. <coughs> that's the problem some of us have had with him. Maybe that's some, the problem that some of you have with him. Is that you're a bit offended by him. 
because he seems to kind of be imposing on you. And you feel a little bit of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You're not quite sure what it is, but you're thinking, hey, man, back off. And you might even be kind of thinking, like, who are you? He's the son of God, and he has every right. He acts as though he has a right on our life. A missionary tells this story um, of sharing this story we're looking at tonight, the story of Zacchaeus with some men in modern-day Oman. Um, I think it's appropriate to, to read this response or to read this, his account of sharing this story and how the Omani men responded to it. Some of you might have heard this. It's, it's crazy cool. This is how some guys in Oman, they hear the story I've shared with you tonight, and this is how they respond. <coughs> right after hearing this story, one of the guys speaks up and he says, this, this is absolutely outrageous behavior. Said one Omani to the agreement of others. They're like, yeah, the nodding. Amen and in their way. <laughs> How could Jesus be so impudent to invite himself to another man's house? In our culture, we would not dream of inviting ourselves into a neighbor's house unless we were explicitly invited by the host. Not even the Sultan of Oman has the right to walk into the most humble citizen's home. He must wait to be invited. <laughs> Continues. And you can, you can tell that he's gotta, his tone has got to be a little aggravated, passionate. He says the only person who would have that privilege of imposing himself like that would be God himself. His comments trailed off as he realized what he had just said. He's Muslim. Oh, man. Only God himself has the right to do that, could do that. Only God himself. And you know what? He said that, and he's right. <laughs> he honored Jesus as the king, not on purpose, but he did. And that is Jesus. He's the son of God. And the question for us tonight, is he inviting himself to your house? Is he knocking on your door? And you're saying, hey, I the open sign's not on. I didn't, I didn't invite you over. The front porch light's not on. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's come. Is he inviting himself into your house? The beautiful part of this story is what happened between verses 7 and 8, where there's some mystery, where you just see the scoundrel and Jesus wanting to hang out with him. And then the next in the very next verse, you see the scoundrel go from being filled with greed to being radically generous. A complete transformation. That is possible for every one of us tonight. Across this room, like we're in all different places. Some of us have known Jesus forever. Some of us don't walk with him, don't claim to. But Jesus is still after every one of us. He wants us to look like him. He's conforming us to his image. And he's seeking us. And he has a right to. And for some of you, I know this because I'm a man. And I've been in your shoes and am in your shoes. We all have regrets. We have things we've done that we're ashamed of. And, and if I were to ask you, what word describes you the most? If you were honest, you would say corruption. 
That can all change in one moment tonight. And no matter where you're at with your walk with God, you need to make a step tonight. We can together meet with Jesus in such a way that we can go from being, so to speak, greedy to generous. We can become the complete opposite in one moment. Because us as human beings right here in the southwest corner of Wyoming can meet with the living God. And he can change everything. To do that, we got to do this. We can have his purity. We can have his righteousness. We must admit our corruption. And not just recognize, okay, I'm not who I should be. I realize that. You can't say this, but I'm working on it. The second part we have to admit is, I'm not who I should be, and I never will be on my own power. I'm never getting there. I could spend the rest of my life and be like that guy trying to get his truck unstuck today. <laughs> You're just going to spin your wheels and go deeper. It's funny, but it's, it's true. You get it? We must admit our own corruption to move forward, and we must admit our inability to do anything about it apart from the cross and the resurrection. That's where the victory is at. Can I pray over us just in this moment? Holy Spirit, I recognize that you're not done right now. In some ways, you've just begun, but I invite you, I pray over this group, every man here, including myself, my own heart, just a recognition of who we are apart from you. I recognize how much we need you. I pray where we don't see that, that right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would give revelation. You'd help us to see who we are apart from you. Help us, God. Turn our eyes from ourselves then on you, Jesus, to see you as the answer, the one and only answer that can make us pure in one moment, that can make us holy in one moment, that can make us take us from bondage to freedom, captivity, captivity to liberty in one moment. I invite you to do that among us even tonight, Jesus, to do it, Lord. Where our hearts are resistant to you, where they're hard to you, I invite you to soften them. For oil of the Holy Spirit, would you come, would you soften our calloused hearts? Do what only you can do, Jesus. Let's just, this might be a little bit difficult, awkward for some of you. Let's just be still for a moment before him. Trust that he'll speak to us by his Holy Spirit. Some of you need to be praying for each other right now. Some of you are aware of where other brothers are in this room and the step they need to take. Let's be praying for each other.
Is there anybody here feel like I should ask this? That is at that spot. You're you're that truck, and you're stuck, and you're not getting out, and you're starting to see it. You're giving it the gas. Your tires are spinning, and you're, it's just getting worse on your own in your own strength. And you're you're at that point where you're ready to say, "Yeah, that's me. I've been thinking I could fix this, but I can't." that's you could could you just stand up that's gonna that's a big ask but it's worth it it's what I've had to do it's what we all have to do there's no getting out of this your arms around your brothers that are near you. For those of you that have stood, I think this is true for every one of us though, and I've already prayed it, but we can say it again, admission and that confession, and in that admission and that confession, there's the power for the change that happened to Zacchaeus. Can we say this together? I'm going to say it and then we say it. I cannot get out of this on my own. I need you, Jesus, to fix this, to wash me. Lord, would you make me pure? Would you make me holy and set apart to you, God? Through the death and resurrection of your son. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, God. Praise you, God. We love you, Jesus. Come in power, God. Come in your power. You have all the ability to overcome. Set us free where we need to be set free. Bring deliverance where we need nothing short of deliverance from you, God. Make us wholly set apart to you and put us in right relationship with your son, with you, God. Brent, can we worship some more? As we worship, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to some of us, and it would... If you need to be worshiping God and telling something that's that's dead on, that's right. But if he speaks something to you about one of your brothers, or if you have something you're not certain about, you need it and you want somebody to pray with you. In this moment as we worship for a couple songs here, feel free to move chairs, feel free to lay hands on each other, feel free to pray and, and see the Lord continue doing the work he's doing right now.